Welcome to Personal Finance Cat, where I share my personal take on personal finance. Hi friends, today I'm going to talk about tips to save money that really work. I'm going to guarantee you that what you will be hearing in this episode is different from most, if not all, what other influencers are talking about on this topic. I'm not going to talk about how to max out your 401k and HSA, how to put your money in savings or investment accounts right after you get paid, how to cut back on dining out or Starbucks coffee, etc., etc. Do those tips work? Yes, they do. And I even talked about some of them in my other episodes, such as the one on budgeting. But they only work well if and only if you're disciplined enough not to take money out from your investment accounts or borrow against your 401k. The issue with these investment vehicles is that they're very liquid, so it's very easy to take the money out. Now, you may need to pay a penalty or endure some loss, but it's doable, so then very tempting. What should I do instead, you ask? Well, good question. I actually only have two tips I want to share in this episode, and they're not what you might think. Before I started doing this episode, I was thinking to myself, well, do I even personally save enough? And do I know enough about the tips and tricks to save money? To be honest, the answer to both of the questions is no. So I want to listen to some other influencers who talk about this topic, and a lot of their tips are very similar. That is, all except this one influencer, Rose Han, with her YouTube channel called Investing with Rose. What she said resonates with me the most. What she focused on was how to change your mindset so that you know that spending money is not going to fix your problems. She was saying, and I totally agree, if all the tips and tricks work, we would all be out of debt and wealthy, but that's not the reality. Unfortunately, our culture really encourages spending money to feel good and to appear to other people that you're doing well. The reality is that that kind of feeling is very short-lived if it ever lives at all. And at the end of the day, they're not going to fix your deep down insecurities and anxieties. So my tip number one is to change your psychology. What I mean by that is that you really should change from inside. Using myself as an example, once my net worth reached a million dollars and I knew I did something right, all the negativity about not feeling good about my financial situation went away. Growing up, like most of you, your closest family members and friends would associate money with happiness. Someone once told me, for example, you can tell if someone is doing well or not just by their appearance, the car they drive, the clothes they wear, the places they go visit, etc. I always know that is wrong, but it's so hard to fight against that, especially when that kind of advice comes from someone who is so close and dear to your life. Nowadays, even if I make frivolous spending, in the back of my mind, I will think to myself, oh, my dearest whoever would approve this. From the bottom of my heart, I probably do not want to necessarily spend money on a certain luxury item I know that I might not need, but there's this tiny little voice in my head saying, oh, so-and-so will now judge me positively because they always comment that I'm cheap. Yes, I am aware of it, so at least I'm not denying it. The point I want to make is that it is hard not to care about what people think of you. Now, I'm not advocating that you should be a hermit and not have friends at all. After the pandemic, I think we all realized how important socialization is because we are, at the end of the day, social animals. 
What I do want to suggest is to befriend those who are like-minded so that you can put your limited willpower to better use. The other suggestion to be able to alter your mindset is to immerse yourself in books, podcasts, and other media that share the same value. Stay tuned. I will have some recommendation about those in the upcoming episodes pretty soon. Believe it or not, there are many out there who share this mindset, which is simply that money doesn't buy happiness and saving money to invest is the first step to wealth. The second tip, I'll call it the PFC or Personal Finance Cat Special, is to invest your money in illiquid assets like real estate as a means to force yourself to save and build wealth. When my husband and I started investing in real estate in 2013 or so, we put all the money we had, which was supposed to be my dowry, into the first single-family rental property out of state. We managed to pay for the wedding as we earned income from our jobs and lived with the parents for a year. We then moved out into a basement apartment because that was the only thing we could afford living in a very expensive area. Then we moved farther away from the city center so it was much more affordable. We could now live in a decent one-bedroom apartment for the same rent. Before the one-year lease was up, I was pregnant so we upgraded to a two-bedroom townhouse. This whole time, I was making a six-figure salary, but it doesn't go that far in this area. At no point in time, though, would we compromise balancing our budget. Since we made the plan to purchase one rental property a year, the forced savings is literally put away and gone in the form of rental properties. We can't sell them, at least not as easily as selling stocks, or borrow against them, like what you can do with a 401k. Therefore, the end result is that we were forced to live below our means. Had we not done that, we could have easily spent the $20,000 or so a year living in a better apartment or owning a better car. But I'm very glad that we did because these properties all went up in value and got us started in real estate investing. Other types of illiquid assets include antique, syndication, private business, and certain types of debt instruments. I've only personally invested in syndication, which I talked about and advocated in the last episode about side hustle ideas. Since I haven't invested in other classes of illiquid assets, I'm not going to go into details with those. Bottom line, the more I have learned about investing, the more I have become a firm believer of being a long-term investor. As long as you believe in the fundamental value of the investment, the best thing is to hold it long-term. That's what happened with our real estate investing, but I'll give you one counterexample to prove the point. I'm overall bullish about crypto, not so much as a currency, but more so as digital gold. We bought into Bitcoin during the hike in 2018. The highest price at which we bought was around $19,000. Soon it crashed and during the following years, it dipped to below $3,000. Guess what? We sold all the crypto we owned, which was mostly Bitcoin, but there were some others as well during the crash. At the time, it just didn't seem that it would ever bounce back. And we needed money for the renovation we were doing for our largest real estate purchase we made. So there I was, the exact foolish investor who'd buy at the peak and sell at the bottom. But as you all know, last year, crypto saw yet another peak, much higher than the previous one. Bitcoin in particular went to almost $70,000. So had we held our Bitcoin, even for the portion we bought at $19,000, we would have tripled our investment. Anyway, the moral of the story is that, again, like Buffett said, if you're not willing to hold an investment for at least five years, don't even think about even holding it for one minute. Knowing that we're all irrational and not Buffett, 
When something is so liquid and easy to buy and sell, it's so easy to make wrong moves like what I did. So here's my point. Forced savings are best put in illiquid assets. And there is your PFC special. And yes, you guessed right. There will be PFC episodes coming out soon about crypto and real estate. So stay tuned if you are interested in those topics. Just as a full disclosure, as we move into a better financial situation, as we build up our professional careers, we will be investing in more liquid assets like index funds, mainly because of two reasons. One, the real estate market is too hot right now, in my opinion, so I would not want to invest at the peak. Number two, we're hopefully wiser and have a better financial situation to cover our basis, so the chance of dipping into the liquid investments is much lower. I do think that if you have the discipline to not tinker with your investment in the short term, index funds are great to invest for the long term. More to come on that one as well. That's it, my friends. Hopefully this episode is helpful. If you do want to hear about actual tips on saving money, there is an abundant amount of content out there for that already. For example, I listened to Nate O'Brien and Graham Stefan as part of the research process for this episode, and both of their videos are very down-to-earth and practical. So just head over and watch them on YouTube for free. I'm not affiliated with them at all, but sharing good content about financial education is a good thing in my mind, and the least I can do is to give credit to the people who created it. All right, thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time. Oh, 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 oh